0: FranWise presents What's Your Effing Business, a podcast about franchising. Here's your host, Marianne O'Connell.
1: Hi, welcome to another edition of What's Your Effing Business, a podcast about franchising, a podcast that's really about the fundamentals that make a good franchise a great and enduring franchise brand. And this season, we're talking to builders and growers, those founders that had the vision and can grow the business and sometimes they get stymied at a point point. and then we're talking about that unique individual a grower who can come in see the potential but also see the path forward to greatness and one of those people is our guest today and it's Catherine monson the ceo of fast signs hi katherine hello marianne it's great to be here today well, we're delighted to have you, especially your busy schedule between Fast Signs and being the chairman of the IFA this year. You've had your hands full of all years, uh, but we're glad you made the time. One of the things I got from my dad is when you want something done, give it
0: to a busy person. And that's kind of how I try to run my life, make sure I'm really busy because then people want to give me more things to do. So I kind of have fun that way.
1: I like that. And as I mentioned to you before we started the podcast, you must have a clock in you. You were exactly on time. Um, you know, I appreciate your talent to be able to grow what was a, a legacy brand when you came into Fast Signs. And I know that Work Capital had seen that talent in you before they brought you in because they had looked at you um, for some other brands. But let's start by talking about what is Fast Signs? How big are you right now? Where are you on the development curve?
0: Well, thank you for that opportunity because I love to talk about Fast Signs. I'm very passionate <laughs> about it. So we are the, uh, the largest and most successful signage and visual graphics brand. Founded in 1985, uh, we are now at 743 locations in 10 countries um, and, and planning to continue to grow. Um, I will tell you that um, the thing that I am most proud of is our focus on improving franchisee profitability. In fact, recently I keynoted the virtual Philippine Franchise Association Convention, and, and one of the things they wanted me to talk about is what did I think the best practices were or the most important things for any franchisor to do. And first on my list always is to focus on franchisee profitability. We had never at Fast Signs until I joined the company in 2009 uh, done financial benchmark surveys. We hadn't really had a program or a process to collect financial statements from franchisees, but we started. Uh, we started in the beginning of 2010 collecting franchisees' financial statements for 2009. I started in January of 2009, and we benchmarked franchisee profitability at that time at 12.9 percent. Now, before we benchmarked it, I set a goal to increase it by 50, 50, 0%. I felt we could do that because we had never had a focus on profitability. We had always had a focus on sales. Sales are great, but if they're not high margin sales, if they're not profitable sales, life isn't very fun. Uh, and so, you know, setting this, you know, telling all my franchisees, we will increase profitability by 50%, doing that in the summer of 2009, and then getting it benchmarked at 12.9% in early 2010 when we got our full year 2009 financial statements you know was a was a sizable feat but what's so exciting now is that we've exceeded that goal and we have a new goal to further increase franchisee profitability another 25%. So last year average profitability in our network was 20.2%. So great improvement from 12.9% to 20.2%. And what's great about that for a franchisor is when you focus on franchisee profitability all the other things just fall in line, right?
1: is that you know? amazing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the franchisees know you're focused on them, right? It's called complete alignment. Uh, and then when you're selling franchises, you'd get no better validation than from happy franchisees who are profitable and know that you're working to make them more profitable. So uh, that has been our byword, so to speak. And we, I created in the summer of 2009 four key strategic objectives. The first was to increase franchisee profitability by 50%. That's now to further increase by 25%. The next is to create, increase average unit volume to a million dollars. The third is to um, increase the value of the brand. And the fourth is to further increase franchisee satisfaction. And so just thinking about um, you know average unit volumes, when I joined the company uh, in January of 2009, we had just over 500 locations, 520 so on. And our average unit volume at that time in 2009 was just over $500,000, $503,000. We've got our AUV up now to $825,000. So not only have we increased the profitability margin, right? We've also grown the sales and we've got very, very, very happy franchisees. And then the way we measure the value of the brand is resale multiple. There's there's always another part of you know doing research on Uh, aided and unaided awareness, but it's hard to tie that necessarily to dollars. Um, But, you know, we've been tracking resale multiple also since 2009. And because of the improvement in profitability and the improvement in uh, average unit volume, we've also seen the resale multiple increase. So our businesses are regularly selling now for three and a half times owner's EBITDA. And it was, you know, closer to, you know, two and a half times owner's EBITDA back in 2009, 2010, 2011. So, you know, it's just we're firing on all cylinders and it's all because we focus on franchisee profitability and satisfaction, right? And that's really the name of the game in franchising. And I often say that being a franchisor is simple. Doesn't it make it easy? But it's simple. You focus on franchisee profitability. You focus on great relationships. You focus on growing profitable
1: sales. You don't have to worry about anything else. And and the way I fully agree, and the way you laid it out, it is this direct path. Because if you're going to get them more profitable... They can't do it simply by controlling their bottom line. They've got to grow the top line. So then the sales are growing. The relationship has got to be there because they're doing this with your help. If they, I'm sure you were developing a lot of new tools and programs that were going to help them get there. And then the resale value, that's another great one for your validation, you know, what people are, are looking to sell things for. So you make it sound easy. Simple. But I know, simple. well, I <laughs> Not know the simple part, but I want to go back to the, it wasn't easy for you because you walked in to a history that you were disrupting and you had a lot of change you had to deal with in a short amount of time. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, there,
0: there's no question that the the uh, team at Fast Lines International that I inherited or became CEO of in January of 2009 had kind of grown to feel we're number one, uh, and we don't really have to work that much harder, right? We just, you know, they weren't thinking about when you're number one, you always have a target on your back. All your competitors are coming after you, and there was a. It was just an interesting time, right? I mean, it was interesting. We are in the midst of the Great Recession, um, and the new CEO shows up, and and I'm wondering why the parking lot is empty at 4:55. Now, I mean, I'm I'm not a clock watcher myself, but you know, if people are rolling in at 8 and 8.15 and they're gone by 4.55, doesn't mean that they're really focused and have a lot to do. Um, And, you know, when they walk down the hall slowly, I don't walk down the hall slowly, I walk down the hall fast, right? I mean, I only have one speed and that's full speed. Um, I had to, my philosophy is I'd either needed to change people or change people, right? My first choice is always to, with great culture, change the way people think about what their job is. But not everybody can handle a results-oriented culture. And those that couldn't, then I had to change people. Uh, In some cases, people chose to change on their own. And in other cases, I chose for them to go find another job, right? I'm not trying to be harsh. But the single most important thing I have to do as a CEO of a franchisor is make sure I have a top-notch team. Not a not a C team, not a B team. I would even say not even an A minus team, man. I need I need the best of the best on my team, because it's our job then to provide leadership, service, and support to franchisees, and you can't do that uh, with C players, even B players, right? You've got to be the best of the best of the best. And so, you know, part of it was cr- changing the culture to be a fast paced but fun. We have a lot of fun at work, a fast paced, fun results oriented culture, looking at results, not activity. Because you can have people who are very, very busy, but if they're not getting results, it doesn't matter what activity they're doing. It doesn't matter if they work 20 hours a day, right? It's all about results. And then, you know, some people completely changed and, and fit right in. I mean, we have a lot of I mean, I'm surprised how many 20 and 25 year employees we have, and they were ready to step up and and do even more, contribute even more. And then in some cases, I had folks where uh, they could see the writing on the wall, uh, or I wrote the wall wrote put the writing on the wall. <laughs> so uh, you know, I will tell you that at the end of my first year as ten in ten uh, CEO. We did have a 50%, 5%, 0% turnover in corporate staff. I had some franchisees who were not comfortable with that. They said, I don't know anybody anymore. My friends are gone. Uh, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this change. And then what I said was, a year from now, tell me how you feel. My job is not to have friends here. My job is to do an outstanding job for you. And not one of those franchisees who at the end of that first year or during that first year expressed concern of the turnover. Not one of them a year later was concerned. Uh, in fact, I had a call this last week uh, with a very high volume franchisee. He has uh, has renewed once already, so in excess of 20 years as a franchisee. Uh, and he was talking about how tough this pandemic is. In his particular case, he's got a lot of big customers. I want you to think about... <laughs> Uh, Google and Microsoft. So I've just given that he's in the state of Washington, right? I've given that away. Um, But those people have their campuses closed and they used to do a lot of graphics for their employees and different initiatives and they're not having conferences and they did conferences all the time. He's really struggling. And in just as a side, he said, nobody has been more important to my business than you, Catherine, the way that you change the culture of the company, the way you change the focus um, has just been, unbelievable for me. Now we're helping him to figure out how he's got to now grow market share, right? He, on, Google's even said they're not going to open their campus next year, right? So Not all in 2021? Not all in 2021. So let me just think about what that does. Now maybe they'll change their mind. Maybe what happens is you there's a vaccine, the pandemic is over, maybe they change that position. But you know, if you just think about that, I, I was reading an article uh, earlier this week that less than 15 percent of all high-rise office employees in new york city are back at work in new york city i mean it's a ghost town right and so if you don't have people in your office you don't need what you need now if you have people in your office is social distancing signage social distancing graphics uh, safety shields, safety guards right you don't need that if you don't have anybody in your office um, for those areas where you do have people back at work, you have those kinds of signage and opportunities for fast science franchisees to, to sell valuable products and services. But, you know, I mean, my job as CEO is to, um, you know, to set the pace and to make sure everybody is really focused on making a difference in franchisees' lives. You know, I was, I've been doing um, weekly motivational videos for fast science franchisees since the pandemic hit. So starting the week of March 16th, um, so I'm on 30 weeks in a row of doing motivational videos. In times of crisis, uh, you need to communicate more. Um, I think that's, that's very, very important. Um, and my job is to just keep everybody moving fast and, and thinking and, and being innovative.
1: And so that's how I spend my time. Well, I saw that in the beginning of the pandemic. First of all, you've been really generous to share those motivational videos with all of us. Um, I mean, I, I get my email once a week and they really they help. There are those days when there maybe is a little bit of cloud cover and you're not feeling great and you need somebody else to remind you to pull yourself up and get moving. So thank you. And I can imagine how that can help franchisees. But one of the things you said in there that really struck me was when some of the franchisees said they weren't completely comfortable with the new direction, with you, with what's going on. And you said, Give me a year. And I think that might be, that sentence might be one of the best pieces of advice. I think a lot of times when we get feedback where I'm not comfortable, I'm not um, embracing what you're doing, our immediate reaction is, Well, we'll change course and create the comfort but you had that long-term vision which i think when people come in as the the growers of brands you have to stick to the vision and you knew what it could do and it did pay off for that person so that is a great piece of advice but i think your your caring and your motivation really did ripple out to your franchisees because i because I did work with Fast Signs in Chicago when I was doing Franchise Capital Exchange, and I do work with Fast Signs here locally, I was getting lots of marketing, which was great, reminding me of things I might not even have thought as a small business owner I needed, and reaching out. So you're getting your message across. It's, it's working well. Are you still number one? Oh, yes. Yes.
0: By electric. Now we might have a competitor who says they're number one because they have so many international units. Um, Interesting about international units. There's really no way to verify the number, but you know we have um, highest number of locations, highest average unit volume, highest profitability, highest franchisee satisfaction, Um, and you know we are the only franchisor in our space. That has an item 19 financial performance representation all the way down to franchisee EBITDA. I'm a big believer in having an item 19 financial performance uh, Representation all the way down to EBITDA. I think that is the most transparent way to enter into a new relationship with a a franchise candidate. Um, The old way go back, go back long ago. I've been in franchising. I hate to say this because it kind of gives away my age. But August of this year was my 40th, 4 zero, 40th year in, in franchising, right? And so I'm I, only a
1: year longer than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> both started when we were three. That's, That's true. Right? We both started when we were three. But, you know, if you go back to, you know, a little longer than 40 years ago, there was all this blue sky selling, right? And then the FTC came out with Uniform Franchise Offering Circular. Um, regulations, and they started to, you know, try to be more realistic, no more blue sky selling, Um, and that's just been kind of part of my, kind of my philosophy all along. I am very blessed that uh, I started with Sir Speedy Printing Centers in 1980. In 1981, a new president came in, Don Lowe, and I worked for him for 28 years before I was recruited away by Work Capital Group to run Fast Signs, but, you know, I mean, I, I give so much credit to Don Lowe, uh, in that he was my mentor and he believed in, you know, being open, being direct, not sugarcoating news, being truthful, all that kind of stuff. And part of that being truthful and transparent is in item 19. I think that's so critical. And just putting sales data in there, uh, to me, doesn't tell a franchise candidate anything. To
1: I me mean, when I see someone who's only putting sales data in there, something's wrong. They're cherry picking what they're putting in.
0: Or they have the wrong legal counsel, right? They might have some very conservative legal counsel, um, but I just, I think that's really important. But I want to go back to something that you said a minute ago, and that is about, you know, my statement is give me a year to prove this to you. It's because it takes time to have things percolate through a network. But one of the the shortcomings before I came to Fast Signs, and, and in, for the three or four years before I started at Fast Signs, the... The chairman had, you know, been bought out by the founder had been bought out by Rourke. He has more money than I'll ever have. He created something amazing and sold it, right? I can, I will probably never have the kind of wealth that Gary Solomon has. So nothing away from him, but the gentleman that he had as president at that time, you know, franchisee would call and say, we need to do this. And everybody would run over here and work on that. And then another franchisee would call and say, no, we need to do that. And everybody would run over here and they would do that. And then somebody else would say... We need to do this. never run over there. And there was no there was no business plan. There were no company objectives. Departments had objectives, but those department objectives sometimes were at crossroads with each other, right? So, you know, come in the fall of 2009, we're putting together our 2010 business plan, and I've got everybody who wanted to be in the room, even if you were a secretary, you wanted to be in the room and talk about how to improve this business. You would be in the room, uh, and and we came up with company objectives. And then every department's objectives had to feed to the company objectives, and it was a whole different way of doing things, a different way of thinking. And then it's real easy when a franchisee calls and says, no, what we need to do is this, you say, does that fit where we're taking the company? Nope, doesn't really. It's a distraction. You know, we need to be great at a few things, not mediocre at a lot of things, right? And so that's where that focus Uh, comes in and knowing where you want to take the brand. So I knew, you know, early on, that I wanted to transform fast signs from a retail walk-in model to a proactive business development outside sales model. Um, I knew that was where we had to take the brand. I knew that we needed to get more sophisticated in our products and services. Um, Just selling the simple products wasn't going to get us the gross margin we need to have to improve profitability. So I kind of had two paths, right? You know we got to get to proactive business development outside sales, and we've got to really become a comprehensive solutions provider where we're selling higher ticket items that have better margin. and uh, you know brought the right team in place to get that all done. and then you know underneath that, you might say is sell and open more locations, right? I mean that's another growth avenue, but when you're when you're focused on um, you know, first improving franchisee profitability and sales for your existing network, that other stuff, the franchise sales kind of happens.
1: So I could see too, a big piece of change in that because I'm sure many of your franchisees who were still in their first term of their agreement when you came in were used to, if if you build it, they will come. And it's a different mindset to, to manage a sales and marketing team that's gonna go out and get the work for you. But everything you're saying goes back to your original idea about they weren't collecting data when you got there and the need for collecting that data. Because without that, how do those departments have objectives? How do you have objectives? You don't even know what kind of money is going to be coming in for you. And you don't know where the opportunities for improvement are on the franchise level. So I think our our big message to our franchisors out there is it's all about the economics and you have to get the numbers. It says in your franchise agreement you can collect them, collect them and use them. Exactly right. So, um, last question for you. If you could do one thing differently, Catherine, what would it be? I don't like that question. Okay,
0: you want another one? No. I mean, I I can look at my um, now eleven and three quarter years uh, at Fast Lines, and I know the two mistakes I think I made. One was a personnel issue, uh, a change I should have made much earlier on, uh, and the other was a, a pushback uh, to the then private equity firm that owned us. But outside of those two things. Both of those, I, at least one of them, I would put down to to not being a strong enough, not being an experienced enough CEO. That would have been the pushback on a private equity firm. Um,
1: but you know, I, I don't know that I would change anything other than those two things. That's a pretty good short list after 11 and a half years. So congratulations on that. Well, so yeah. Catherine, if anybody my wanted team, to- My team may come up with a lot more things. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not interviewing them. (laughs) Um, If a franchisor wanted to get in touch with you, how could they reach you? They'd shoot me an email at katherine.monson at fastsigns.com. Okay. So thank you. We're coming to the end of our time here. I want to thank you for your valuable time and the wisdom that you shared with us today and your candor. Catherine, you've always been candid. It's something that I think we have in common, and I've always appreciated about you. For those of you who are listening, thank you. We hope you will tune in for our next episode. I'm your host. I'm Marianne O'Connell, the president and founder of FranWise, and this is What's Your Effing Business?